Hello, welcome to another week of Blind Guy Talks Tech. I am Stephen Scott. He is Sean Priest. Hello, Sean Priest. Hello. You know, the jingle's doing its job because I can't help singing that now every time it plays. Yeah, but you preferred, you know, the other one, didn't you? You preferred the old... Uh, here we go, here we go. Oh, yeah, you preferred no. all that, didn't you? No, it's too Las Vegas for me. It doesn't fit. Oh, I'm from way. up north. Ock away. Ock away. <laughs> we need bagpipes. <laughs> oh, please stop. That's the uh, the dead cat being strangled. Um, yeah, that's right, the old bagpipes. Anyway, hello. Welcome to another week. Uh, do you know what's funny? I came up here to do this today. I came up to the little office and I brought a bar of chocolate with me, right? So we're going to play a game. Shocker. I know, it's shocking. We're going to play a game of what bar of chocolate did I bring? Uh, so no. we'll, we'll do that first, right? Because you love this game. So I do. That's the sound of it. Mm -hmm. uh, there seems to be a little bit of slackage to that wrapping. Slackage. It's not skin tight. Yeah. That's right, yep. Mm. Or at least it's very flappy. It has got flappage. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna go early guess that this is a a, 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 a chocolate bar in multi-part form. Mm. Is there two fingers to this? <gasps> no. Oh. Oh. Okay. When you said multi-part, I thought you meant something else. Okay, here we go again. <laughs> how, how popular is this? podcast we're doing oh i think the chocolate bar uh popular i don't know i think subscriptions are going down by the second but okay well, nobody tunes in expecting tech yeah no i have no that could be a newspaper for all i know i have no idea what i'll take a wild stab in the dark that it's uh it's magic stars oh come on i'm not well, you're a bit of a you, well you are <laughs> okay, actually a little bit uh no it's not that it's a galaxy mm. um and it's a smooth orange. I highly recommend oh. smooth orange. You know, there's Galaxy, and then there's Galaxy Smooth Orange. Honestly, I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> I was just mentioning it because I kind of like it. But here's the thing. I had to decide between it, a double-decker, and a Twix to bring up here. Because, you know, because it's smooth orange, right? It's, it's new. It's got that lovely taste. It's a bit like eating a Terry's chocolate orange. And um, it is just so, mm. And I thought, I wonder, I want to save this. So I had a bit of a debate with myself. In fact, I, I did text you saying we'll be five minutes. That was why. Unbelievable. I mean, what a professional. And, you know, talking about some difficult decisions people have to made, uh, make in their lives. <laughs> Decided between what chocolate bar is not up there, Stephen Scott. You should be ashamed of yourself. And besides that, <laughs> right, rustling that bar like I could possibly tell what flavour it was, let alone what chocolate bar... I was, no, that's I was playing it me. like Toccata and Fugue in D minor. <laughs> that's, that's like when I see those documentaries and there's some totally blind guy riding a bike, you know, using echolocation, and it makes me feel totally useless. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're doing to me. You're shaming me. I thought you would get that. I just thought, I don't know. I just had a feeling you would be like, right. I thought, yeah, you know, like you, I'm a you chocolate and I, Yoda. We are. <laughs> I thought you and I were simpatico with this stuff. We're pretty much simpatico with everything else. So I thought this was going to be it, but there we go. It's it's lost. Sorry. It's gone. We no, are the clearly, spark's gone. Yeah, we're, we're clearly finished. Uh, <laughs> shall we talk about Microsoft? Because that's what we uh, wanted to fo Tech. focus on today. Um, yeah, Microsoft and uh, they've been out buying, <laughs> not chocolate bars. Uh, they've been out buying games, uh, houses, production places. Well done. <laughs> uh, it's called Activision Blizzard, right? 
Uh, I must admit, I thought they made TV films. I thought, was that another thing? Remember at the start of a movie, you get that... And it would all come up and it would like, Activision. I thought that was what that was, but it's it's not, apparently. No, I think that absolutely never happened. Activision have been going for absolutely years. I can remember playing their games on the Commodore 64, I'm wow. sure. They're, they're really... All right, okay, I'm old. But no, they're a really big <laughs> and long-standing company. Um, Blizzard have been mainly synonymous with the... Um, the multiple, what do they call it, multi-user uh, role-playing games such as World of Warcraft. That's where they've really okay. made their name. So the, the, the two are actually one now, and they've just been bought out by Microsoft, who are making such a play for these uh, these game developers now. They own, uh, last I heard it was 20-something, but I heard a report last night that said they now own 32 of these development companies, making them one. They're not even the biggest um, game development company you know, with all these acquisitions that they've had yet, but they are up there. They've got some of the major players because Activision Blizzard make, uh, I suppose the most known ones would be Call of Duty. I think everyone knows of that one. Incredibly popular. And also Candy Crush when we're talking about <laughs> the mobile. There's quite a difference, but they're both incredibly popular games. One's Candy Crush, millions. one's People Crush, basically. That's, that's well, what yes, it is, isn't that's it? Right, that's right. But getting the, the rights and the ownership of those two uh, probably the most played games in the world is huge. But then again, they did pay big bucks for that. Indeed. Well, we're going to bring on a special guest with us uh, today to talk about this. I, I did hope to have someone with us this week to bring up this story. And thankfully, we uh, managed to get a fantastic guy on here. Uh, Ian Hamilton, a games accessibility specialist with a 16-year background in raising the bar for games with uh, gamers with disabilities, I should say. Uh, and really, it's all been done through advocacy and awareness training, working with companies, writing to companies, speaking at events, you know, just being there in the room with games developers and talking with it from his own life experience as well as, you know, bringing other people's stories through as well. Ian, it's great to have you on the show uh, here on uh, Blind Guy Talks Tech. Uh, tell us, first off, um, you know, what your initial thoughts were generally on this acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft. I think anyone really would be taken aback. It's not just um, that the games industry hasn't seen anything like this before. Um, things of this scale don't often happen in any industries. So for some context, the purchase was $69 billion. Um, when Disney bought Star Wars and Marvel, they paid $4 billion each for them. That really says something big about where games are in the wider entertainment market, and in turn, what kind of a cultural phenomenon they are, which leads directly into accessibility. So how much of a big deal it is to be unnecessarily excluded from or included in um, such a huge part of modern life. What do you think will be the implications, if there are any, when it comes to accessibility within Activision? Uh, Activision Blizzard have um, got some great people who are doing great things for accessibility. People like uh, Nikki Crenshaw at Blizzard, Adrian Leder at Toys for Bob, and Emilio Heldreth at King. But they're only just hiring their first dedicated full-time accessibility role. Xbox, on the other hand, um, was the first company in the games industry to establish full-time permanent roles like that back in 2015. They now have, I think, 11 of them, um, spanning uh, studio accessibility leadership, program management, user research, and QA. And they have a strong culture and really wonderful initiatives and processes, training standards, um, support technology, and so on. Activision Blizzard are going to benefit enormously from all of that. 
Accessibility is a core part of um, Microsoft's mission objective, and even just something as simple as having a CEO who is um, personally passionate about accessibility, um, as Satya Nadella is, can be a wonderful enabler for people working at the grassroots implementation level as well. And I would expect Microsoft to see benefits as well. Um, with such a huge expansion in the portfolio of internal studios, they're going to have to expand that headcount of accessibility full-timers, particularly on the studio support side um, under Tara Velka. And their pool of passionate, talented candidates for internal hires just got a whole lot bigger. Absolutely, Ian. And uh, we're going to be hearing from Tara Volka uh, very soon here on Blind Guy Talks Tech as well from the Xbox side, talking about the work they've done already to improve uh, accessibility in games, in particular, of course, uh, this year, Forza Horizon 5, uh, which we've been uh, talking about on uh, our other shows like Double Tap and, and uh, on, 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 well, anywhere we basically are allowed to speak. Um, <laughs> now, is this, do you think, overall a good news story for the disabled community? It's fantastic news. It can only lead to good things, uh, particularly going back to that point earlier um, about cultural significance, because games like World of Warcraft, Overwatch, Hearthstone, Call of Duty, Candy Crush, Diablo, these are some of the world's most loved and most played. So any inroads at all on accessibility with these are going to make a huge difference, not just to recreation, but to people's ability to socialise and participate in society. And I have to give a nod to the plans to offer some of these titles through Game Pass too. So while obviously the dream is for accessibility, the reality is that disabled gamers are often unnecessarily excluded. But Game Pass gives people a risk-free way of finding this out without wasting money on inaccessible games. Yeah, that's actually something I didn't think of. This almost try before you buy or less risk, at least, with mm. Game Pass. But um, yeah, so with this, I am slightly uh, excited by this because Microsoft have been doing great work when it comes to accessibility in other fields. So what do you think uh, gamers of the future, with uh, like me, with disabilities, can expect in the future? So we are still... Despite all the good news stories, um, only at the start, we're still not at the stage yet of big name games even managing to get the basics right, things like text size, remapping, subtitling, um, colorblindness, let alone where we need to be, which is any gamer being able to pick up any game and being able to have at least a reasonable expectation that they're not going to be unnecessarily locked out. But the pace of change is exponential at the moment. The way the landscape changed in 2020 to 2021 was phenomenal compared to the previous year, which in turn was phenomenal compared to the year before that. There are things in development now that when they hit in like a year or two's time, um, will be like nothing the industry has ever seen. And with each step forward like that, we get ever closer to gaming reaching its full potential. That sounds like you know something in you're not wanting to tell us, uh, but you're <laughs> secretly telling us something is coming that is good. Uh, Ian Hamilton, I know you're a busy man. We're going to let you go, but thank you so much for coming on to uh, Blind Guy Talks Tech. Really appreciate that. You know, Sean, it is actually quite heartening to hear that. And, you know, I think as well as that, we're seeing so many great people. Like I, I follow Steve Saylor online. He's been on our Double Tap show a few times. Yeah, uh, a brilliant Canadian guy who has been fighting for accessibility uh, for such a long time. And, enjoy you know, I think it's great when you see these guys. They just love playing the games and they really just want to be able to do this like anybody else. And why not, right? Oh, absolutely. And look, I, I totally get that passion as well. I used to be really into my games, but it can be tiring. You can sort of burn yourself out fighting for, you know, and, and to be honest, I'll, I'll put my hands up 
I often think, well, how could you make this game accessible, you mm. know, like anyone else? But there's people out there like Ian and like Steve Saylor and others as well with that passion that are shouting and actually doing it in the right way and, and approaching these companies and making suggestions and making themselves available for testing that, that really are making a difference. And as Ian said there, you know, in the last couple of years, we have seen a big improvement when it comes to accessibility in those major games. These aren't games that, you know, are made for us. You know, there are audio games out there, which are, are great, but these are mainstream console AAA games that have accessibility built in. And that's a huge step in itself. So I'm really excited to see where this does go. And then, of course, we saw uh, you know the uh, Game Awards where Forza Horizon 5 won the Accessibility Award. Tara Volker's yep. team at Xbox you know, got the plaudits for that, and, and absolutely rightly so. Uh, and that is something I wanted to talk to Tara about. We've actually had the conversation already. We'll, we, we'll be putting it out here on Blind Guy Talks Tech in the coming weeks, just to sort of give you a flavour of what's going on. Because I think, you know, at this point, I'd like to say um, gaming can often be a real turnoff uh, in our in our community, I feel. I, I, I feel this. I mean, I know it might not be a popular opinion, but I think it is. Uh, because, you know, whenever I've done episodes around gaming, we don't get a response. We don't get people coming on board and saying, nope. you know, that's, that's interesting or whatever. I think it is still a bit of a niche community in itself, but it is definitely growing. And I think the reason it needs to not be seen as that is because actually there are huge benefits to gaming, especially for people of an older age. It's not a young, it's not a young person's game. It doesn't have to be, right? I mean, it, and I think that's, there's, there's studies going on at the moment. Uh, I read a study once into dementia and how gameplay can really make a difference when it comes to, you know, just, just keeping the brain active, uh, you know, and, and actually in some ways, delaying the, the possible effects of dementia or you know avoiding it entirely through gaming no, absolutely what well, i mean it's funny because the older generation actually have a a concept a perception of gaming as being you know frivolous waste of time but you know you look at any games in the last 10 years the production that goes into them you know they are up there when it comes to the same as movie production right the stories can be amazing the last is it called the last of us that one that, I mean, that was the yeah, story like, part two yeah and part two the story behind it absolutely riveting and, and i think for me it started to be games like half-life where it's epic and it draws you in and it is just like watching a good movie or reading a great novel that you know that the video games, the whole concept of video games seems to get dismissed as, you know, frivolous space invaders or Pong. That is long <laughs> gone. The games are involving, games are exciting, games are thought-provoking, especially now. There's so much diversity in some of these games as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, absolutely right. But I am, as I said before, I am guilty of... I've sort of switched off from games because it just feels... At, at the time when I lost my sight where really I couldn't play it anymore, that was it. It was, well, accessibility wasn't even being talked about in the gaming industry at that point. And I just thought, well, that that is it. And I don't, but by no means, I think that we're, we're, we're um, you know, we're, we're involved to a great extent. I still wouldn't go out and buy a video game console myself because the amount of games that I feel I would be able to play is so limited. But... As, as going back to the last question, you know, thanks to these people in in uh, in our community, Ian, Stephen, and everyone, uh, I think the push is there, and the industry has started to recognise it, and hopefully we'll get to the stage where 
at the same of we, we look at an app for our smartphone you know when an app comes out and it isn't accessible there is that feeling of oh that's disappointing and i expected it to be because most apps i download i expect them to be accessible uh, accessible mm-hmm. and i think hopefully we'll get to that point with games you know, over the years, I've had some really interesting conversations. One person really sticks out, and that's Courtney Craven, who developed the website CanIPlayThat.com. Yes. And um, it was really interesting to talk to Courtney recently because what they were telling me was, wow, you know, we're at a point where, you know, well, we still need the website CanIPlayThat.com, no doubt at all, because there are still question marks over who can play. Some games may be fully accessible say to someone with partial sight but not someone who's totally blind that kind of thing and yeah. obviously that applies differently you know depending on uh, touch accommodations or you know how adaptive controllers can play it means you know other people can play it and so on and so forth uh but you know there is a day coming when can i play that.com the answer will just be it'll just be a big yes on the website <laughs> yes hopefully so. it, yeah right and that's that's where we're, we're kind of heading and it seems to be uh, because of the, the time lag that there is in development of games, which you're talking five years, right? I mean, look at Grand Theft Auto, uh, where everyone's waiting for Grand Theft Auto 6 to drop, and it's years away yet. And yeah. it just it's like how much work goes into this is incredible. Um, and do, it's not do like you... they're just sitting there, you know, not doing it. <laughs> they are, no, but it takes the years. Amount, the amount of detail. Do you remember playing the first GTA, Stephen? Oh, the uh, overhead bird's eye view, wasn't it? it that was my was... favourite version of it. It really was. I know, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And then you look at the last one I had was uh, Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, my kids bought me. I couldn't really play it. But, no, you know, I know. Uh, it was, it's the open world, the amount of things you can do. It's 3D. The graphics are amazing. The story is amazing. Incredibly adult story, by the way. Very mature content. Not for the but, kids. No, definitely. No, not for the kids. But absolutely mind-blowing how they make that open world that, that just lives around you. I mean, the, the development, it must be insane. It's interesting. I don't know if you ever do this. I, I sometimes end up on Facebook Watch. I've talked about this before. I end up stuck on Facebook Watch and I can't get away from it. And you get these, I guess these are probably Twitch streamers who have put their videos onto Facebook or YouTube or whatever and it's being fed through. And you get people playing games and, and there was one guy playing as a, he was like a policeman in it. And he's, you know, chasing cars down and whatever. I've saw, I've seen that one. I but saw it's it the so other day. so intense. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is like a full-time gig. This guy could be an air traffic controller with the amount of <laughs> capability. I mean, it, it, the, the amount of... I mean, he's like... On one hand, he's obviously pulling a guy over. He's driving a car. He's, you know, arresting somebody. And then he's giving someone stars over here and saying thanks a lot for getting in touch and subscribing. And I'm thinking, I don't know how you do all this. I would be on the floor, probably in a coma by the time this was done. I want to go back to Pong or Pac-Man. That's, that's but it, but it, shows you the, the it shows you the capability of the game. And I kind of like that for, from this because I will never play a game to that extent. And it's, I kind of like watching these people to see what the game can do um, because yes. it's, it's pretty impressive. I mean, you, you have the add-ons and all the rest and things you can do with it. It's, it's just incredible. And also a nod to... Uh, the game which I, I see our good friend David Woodbridge tweeting about quite a bit, The Veil Shadow of the Crown, which is on Xbox. And uh, that is a, a, a... I mean, I haven't played it, but, you know, it's a very good game. Um, it's, it's all, you know, one of these audio adventure-based... It's audio-based uh, yes. adventure game, which is kind of cool. 
Uh, I think that the character in it is blind. I think that's the whole point. It's a blind adventure. They usually are. Yeah, aren't they all? <laughs> or you're Try, in a cave. Trying to One find a galaxy a smooth orange. Um, <laughs> the laugh is, can I just tell you, I and mean, this is how, how blind is this. So I bought this chocolate bar in the store, um, and I just thought it was your regular, you know, galaxy. I had no idea they even Take did it back. smooth it's not orange. Accessible. So, yeah, not accessible chocolate. That's that's my problem I'm dealing with right now. Do tell, look, you know, if you are if you are listening to this and you're not really, or maybe you're into games a little bit. I mean, I, I think that's that's an interesting point you bring up though about um, consoles. I don't know if I would spend the money. I did years ago. I spent money on a PlayStation three or four, four I think it was, and I thought right, I'm going to get into this and you know I'm going to play games and mm. you know if I just stick a big enough TV in front of me, it'll all be fine. Um, but then my sight got worse and, and the whole thing fell away and now it's in the it's loft. It's a partially sighted way. It is, Just get yeah. a bigger CV. But that, that is pretty much it. When you're losing your sight, just keep buying a bigger telly. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just came to the point it was pointless. But, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued at the fact that you can now play all of these games online uh, through your PC or through, no, I was going to say through a Mac, but you can't do that, really. They don't Macs aren't great for games. Uh, but you no. can, through your phone, even, you know, you can play these games. So that's kind of cool. Obviously, you can hook up a controller as well. So, you know, at least it gives us the chance to try some of these things. I mean, that game, I'm telling you about that Xbox game. I mean, you can play that on Windows, right? I mean, that Veil of Shadow of the Crown, you don't need a P- uh, console for that. Well, it depends if it's available through that. I mean, well, the, it's on the Steam. game... It's not available Oh, it's Steam. on Steam. Yeah, then definitely you can, yeah. So you've got service, services like Steam, like uh, Xbox Game Pass, like Ian uh, said there. Mm. Uh, Google Stadia, I don't know if that's even still going, but That'll apparently it is. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, basically you can access games from virtually every everywhere now, and it doesn't rely so much on certain streaming game services on the hardware you actually have. Mm. You could play uh, an amazing graphically intense game like GTA Five. you know, on a streaming service on your phone because it, no processing is actually happening on device. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely the the gaming world is changing. And, like, there's a few industries out there. There's a few sectors where accessibility still is sort of, what's that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm thinking of uh, this is changing again. I'm thinking of white goods in the kitchen. You I, know, I was just machines. thinking exactly the same thing, yeah. Exactly. You know, I'm looking at an air fryer, and and I've, my expectation is it's not going to be accessible. There's going to be a touchscreen on it, or there's going to be a menu system on it that I'm not going to be able to use. And the ex- the expectation on kitchen goods is it's not going to be accessible. Now that is changing slightly with the you know smart things and attaching to your smart speakers. That is changing. Accessibility is getting to that sector. And I think gaming, as I said, and as Ian said, is getting to that point as well. Accessibility is at least being acknowledged, and and that's a good start. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Well, look, keep subscribing, uh, keep listening, and uh, hopefully keep enjoying as well. You can share your thoughts with us if you've ever tried some console games you want to tell us about, uh, or tell us about games that maybe we should get into. Because, look, take it from the perspective of we are kind of new in this world to some degree, um, and resistant for a long time, and for good reason. So, you know, where are you in this? Yes. Uh, you can email us, hello at blindguytalkstech.com. I didn't nearly forget that. Hello no. at blindguytalkstech.com. <laughs> I, remember, you know, I remember years ago being on the radio, and I remember almost having to burn the radio station phone number and the, because at the time it was like you had to remember the frequencies, you had to remember all the oh, areas you covered. ridiculous. You had to remember Blimey, phone how numbers. How old are you? I remember, I remember even giving it a fax number. That's how old I am on radio. Wow. Send us a fax. Have we got a fax? We don't have fax, no. We do have a phone number, though. Oh, we're missing out. 
Uh, you could try faxing the number. I don't know what would happen. Uh, 0204 <laughs> 571 3354. It's beautiful. Uh, it's become a song all of a sudden. Uh, don't Has quite it? know why. Yeah. That wasn't a song. Blind Guy Talks Tech, the musical, not coming soon. <laughs> to a theatre near you. Uh, we'll be back again, of course, with another podcast uh, tomorrow and uh, the day after that and the day after that and the day after that and <sighs> until the day you die. Cheery. Okay. <laughs> Have a great day. Well, that asteroid went by um, <laughs> at the weekend, so we're fine. Everything's fine. Oh, and don't forget to comment on our other shows as well. Did you catch Weekend Edition? It is back again uh, this Friday and every Friday. Uh, you can catch the weekend edition where we get together and we um, have way too much fun. And, yes. you know, the fact that there's no time limit definitely is a problem. Um, yes, that, that was a addressed. definite mistake. I am going to bring a stopwatch with me next time and just, that's it, I'm pulling the plug. I suggest you write to your MP immediately <laughs> and complain. Uh, we'll catch you again soon. Thanks, Sean. Thank you.